0: Okay, you can be seated. Thank you, worship team. Wasn't that fun? That was, a whole, that was a whole other thing. Thank you, team. Let me just get my microphone so it doesn't scratch. And Look at everybody in church. Think of that. <laughs> Last night, I gathered with my son and a few people to uh, watch Braveheart. We thought it was time for some, some of the young, couple of young men to watch the, a story that stirs uh, great courage in, in your heart. And um, and I think probably at the the most visceral cry of the human heart is for freedom. And when we feel like freedom is compromised in some way, we just have no idea how to how to handle that. We have no idea how to live with limited freedom. Um, but I just want to remind us that it doesn't matter what somebody seems to do to us out there. We can still be free in here. We, we can. And, um, you know, my heart was particularly moved this week and by. Just excuse me, it, it was moved this week by a um, a pastor up north who was uh, had turned himself in and was imprisoned and and you know, I was particularly concerned about him and but I became aware that he 's not the only one in prison. Prisons are full of people that I should have some compassion on as well <laughs> why, why this one and why now and um, and I'm gonna try to address this a little bit this morning, not that specifically, but um, it's so easy for us to get caught up on secondary issues. Not that that's a secondary issue. Obviously, it's primary for him. And, um, but, you know, the, the one thing that I really admired about Pastor James Coates is that he is putting his convictions into action. And so I celebrate that. What, what, how, how you go about doing that, you know, that may not be for you and I to act that same way. It's not for me, obviously. It um, does, doesn't matter if I disagree on a, a little point. The point I agree on is that he was moved in his heart to do something and did something. Would, 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 what, what if we did that? No, don't do what he did, but do what we moved was in our heart to do. <laughs> <clears throat> and so, I just think about uh, things like that, uh, this week specifically, and, um, and so last week we were over at uh, C3 North Calgary, and uh, we had fun there, and I heard you had a great panel last week, so I'm just thankful for that team, whoever was on that panel, I, well, I knew who they were, of course, but... I was just grateful for that that we can we kind of spread ourselves around a little bit and kelly and i my my nose is still dripping do you mind just give me pardon me let me let me just thanks let's keep these here i don't i don't expect it's going to be a kleenex box morning necessarily but i'll just put them there anyway let's get sorted out hey welcome everybody online (laughs) i'm waving the flag okay um we i want to talk about the um about, again, this relatable topic, and um, specifically um, specifically about the things that limit our lives. And uh, I, per- I personally think that our lives are limited by the people we can't forgive, the offenses we can't release, and the judgments we can't break. That you can actually be responsible for limiting your life uh, if you choose not to forgive someone. Some of the last words of Jesus on the cross and I love, I love the, the hashtag, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. <laughs> I read this week about, uh, in Mark chapter 4, which I love so much that it's always an inspiring ver- uh, chapter for me, where it says, there will be a people who are ever seeing but never perceiving. Have we ever not lived in such a time where we're seeing lots of stuff? We're ever seeing but are we perceiving what's actually taking place? Let's, may we be just humble enough to say that we really only see in small parts, through a glass darkly is what Paul would say. We don't see, we don't, we don't, we presume that we see, which biblically makes us blind, but, but, there'd, be, but there'd be people, Lord let this not be me, but I think it is who are ever seeing and never perceiving Um, When I think about today, I just, I want to talk about um, offenses. And uh, we we could easily say that an offense is an event, but to live offended is a decision. We could say that. We could say, I think, that 99% of our relational pain is perceptual. It's how we see. We're ever seeing, but are we... Perceiving, and um, and this weekend, by the way, we're having a, um, a masterclass. Kelly and I are doing a breakout session on. It's got me really concerned. Um, life, uh, how to have a lifetime of uh, something? Marriage, marriage, right? What is it? Longevity. Longevity, yeah. I have I have found that there's a difference between being married for a lifetime, or being in love for a lifetime. Uh, you can be married and miserable. <laughs> Nobody said amen, but you know it's true. <laughs> being, getting married is really quite simple. Um, doesn't take very long at all, but staying married is a, is a bit more of a challenge. Staying happily married for a lifetime is a, requires the power of God in your life. Um, anyway, that's this weekend. Um, so I want you to have a look at a couple of passages of scripture that I want to I talk about. Um, I want to start by sharing from Mark chapter 6, uh, verses 1 to 6, and I'm going to read from the uh, ESV this morning. And um, Jesus was in his hometown, and he went away from there, and he came to his hometown. His disciples followed him, and on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished at what he said, <clears throat> would this, this, this man get these things, and and what's, the wisdom, what's this wisdom given to him? And um, how are such mighty works done by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and uh, Judas and Simon? Isn't this, just, isn't this just Jesus right here? And they took offense at him. And the result of them taking offense with Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. This is one of the things that, that, that offenses do. Uh, and he could not do many mighty miracles there. Why, because they were offended. Their life was limited to the offenses they couldn't release. And so he couldn't do many miracles there except lay the hands on a few sick people and healed them and he marveled. Isn't this interesting, the things that Jesus marvels at? He marveled at their unbelief. He marveled at their unbelief, caught him by surprise. And he went about about among the villages uh, then teaching. An offense will cause you to not see someone that the Lord sends to you, and therefore you will miss the benefit of the gift that they bring. Offenses will will cause, which which in in effect is dishonoring another person. So that's what an offense will do. You've all had them. How many have been offended this week? Can I see your hands? How many, how many are offended that I'm preaching on offense? <laughs> <laughs> you, you just, just hang around if you haven't been offended recently or this morning. Um, you can be easily offended. You can be upset. Why, why doesn't our pastor wear more color? Why the monochrome? What's up with that? You know? Uh, and, then, and then when I wear a bunch of color, Kodachrome... Gives you the nice bright colors. He's got so much color, it's just, I can't even focus on what he's trying to say. And that music is just so louder. Why is the music so quieter? Why is it so faster? Why is it so slow? And what? We got lots of opportunity to be offended. And I wanna help us to move past offenses so we can see people and honor people and not become so pulled to this side or, pulled to that side, that we actually become blinded to the needs of real people. Uh, Your life and my life will be, it's, um, the quality of our life will be determined by the quality of our relationships. You you will not find somebody who's successful in life who is unsuccessful at relationships. They may have money, but that's not the determining factor. That's not, uh, biblical, it's not a measure of success. Uh, if I could just, you know, the thing, and, and, and why are, are followers of Jesus so good at keeping offenses? Why are, why are we so easily offendable when we're meant to be the, the quickest to forgive? And we're not actually, it's not a suggestion, it's a command to forgive. And the best book I've found out recently is Forgiving What You Can't Forget, which we have five coffees left on the foyer. So, So... Uh, the rea- now, I'm saying this because I, I need to hear this. You all know that preaching is autobiographic, right? Well, life is autobiographic. <laughs> you didn't get it. Um, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm actually not that offended that the gyms aren't opened. When I read on Premier Kenny's Instagram, it's an it's issue for a few people, <laughs> along with everything else. Um, it's not. I don't know if you've you've learned or not. Like gyms don't make you strong; they make you sore. <laughs> and last week, just a just a note on the side. Um, I, we were all locked in last week, and I decided to use Kelly's uh, elliptical. And um, for like about four days, I had this pain in my neck. All I was doing was this, right? And so I got some that really, really super powerful cream—the uh, camphor and. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's just terrible, smell and stuff. It clears your nostrils, and I rubbed it on. And um, you know, I I got out of the shower, rubbed it on. And then I've got this very special uh, face cream. So uh, uh, I rub it around here and around here and up here. And you you know what happened, right? (laughs) You Shouldn't do that. There's an order to things. I was, my eyes were watering for about 20 minutes. <clears throat> 99% of our relational pain is perceptual. When our sight was restored, is restored, our relationships are restored. It still holds true that it's not good for men to be alone. But we end up actually distancing ourselves from people and not being able to unify ourselves with them because of some, we find some reason that gets between us. I was deeply convicted by Romans chapter 14 and verse nine this week that said, so let's aim at harmony and build each other up. I'm gonna read the rest of that, I think that's worth reading. It says, he said, um, uh, if you serve Christ with this attitude, you'll please God, and other people will approve of you as well. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. We're We're meant to be stepping stones for people's growth, not stumbling blocks to stop them from their growth. He goes on to say, don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, there's nothing wrong with these things. So, so, so somebody is free to eat or drink or be merry, and um, he said, don't tear apart the work of God because of food. Isn't that a profound statement? That, that within our control is the ability to tear apart what God has put together, and we're told what God has put together, let no man put asunder. I realize he's referring to a relationship there, covenant relationship of marriage, but just think about that. How in the world can man tear apart what God puts together? How's that even possible? That makes us extremely powerful, am I right? We can actually tear down the work of God. Um, um, All right, so we're not meant to go through life, we're meant to grow through life and relationships are critical. That's why there's 41 different genealogies in the Bible. Because the, generational, the generations are maintaining them. We can get offended with a generation with our parents or our grandparents. We get offended with them and, and what happens is the gospel actually stops at that generation then because we're tearing down the work of God. It's meant to be generational. You can just, all you have to do is just like carry an offense. Um, the, um, so, so what he says here, he says, They took offense. These people took offense against Jesus. The result was no miracles can be done. How can you stop a miracle from from taking place? By dishonoring the person that the Lord has sent to you to bring that miracle. By carrying offense, by carrying bitterness, by carrying resentment, by carrying anger in our hearts. That is remarkable to me. I've become quite good at that. I can get upset at a certain tradition or a certain style in another uh, church life. I can get, uh, we can, th- actually this doesn't, isn't just between people. It can be between institutions. It can be in certain brands. Never gonna buy Levi's again. They just, okay, I'm never gonna buy a Volkswagen again. It, that one I had was such a, you're living offended. You're carrying, I realize it sounds a bit petty. I know, there was a a study done at, uh, I read about it this week, uh, why people leave churches. Uh, 10 to 15% leave because of death, which I guess we'll let them off with that. (laughs) 10 10 to 15% because of style, preference of style. Um, 10 to 15% because of transfer, we just moved. But listen to this. A whopping 60% leave churches because of being offended. And we're supposed to be the best at this. Help us, Lord. And here's what happens when someone gets offended. They go to another place and they brought along their offense. Now, And then where do they go? It just takes, it's so easy for you. Have I, I hope I haven't offended you quite yet. I'll have a whole sermon to get through. And then you'll go to the next church and you carried that offense with you, because you but you actually were offended again because you've become offendable. And now we're at the next church offended and we're in the next, pretty soon, the offense is following you around because it's yours, you took the offense. And now we can't even hear the word of the Lord through a man or a woman of God because we've made a judgment and we've carried an offense and the word of the Lord can't even get to us. We've dishonored because of an offense. The consequence of, of the, this offense in Mark chapter six was he could not do any might, mighty works there. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 23. And uh, the word offense is, comes from the uh, Greek word, it's number 4625 if you have a strong concordance. Uh, scan, scandaliso. it's where we get the word scandal. Uh, it's a, it means to offend or to stumble. Um, another Another form of that is scandalon. And it, and it literally means a trap stick. Um, it means like a, like either a bent sapling that's part of a snare. And it's the little trigger that trips a snare. I used a trap. And um, in the middle there's there's the there's the there's a term for it. Oh, it's a scandalon. It's the, tr- it's the trigger on the trap. So what happens when you have the opportunity to get offended, it's pretty easy for us to like take the bait, spring the trap. That's what it says of, Jesus said this of Peter. He said, get thee behind me because you're a stumbling block to me. The word is scandalizo. You actually have tried to uh, trick me and trap me and he actually called him Satan at that point. Get behind me, Satan, because you become a snare. One version says snare. One version says an offense and another version says a stumbling block. And I think the one I'm reading here, the ESV says, get behind me Satan, you are a hindrance to me or a stumbling block to me. And and so here's the beautiful thing about this that I wanna bring to your attention. Okay, so it's a bent sapling, a snare that causes displeasure or reason to fall, an offense or something that offends or a sin or a stumbling block. what we see is that both renderings of the word, they'll stop growth and advancement at that point. They stop your growth. An offense will stop you from growing in the Lord. You actually may be, the, you wanna keep growing in the Lord, I think I'm just gonna keep coming to church, but, and I think I'm just gonna give a little bit more, I think I'm gonna read a little Bible more, but the fact is, if you've taken an offense, you're, you've hindered and stopped your growth at that offense. Uh, in Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18 is a brilliant chapter about uh, how to get along with brothers and sisters. It talks about believers. And, there's, and, then, he, and then he gives three different uh, things to help you deal with relationships. The first one, the first example in Matthew 15, is that of uh, humility, uh, the second is that of honesty, and the third is that of forgiveness. And in between there, he makes a statement that I've always found a little bit offensive. He says, if your eye offends thee, pluck it out. Have you ever read that before? Was Jesus actually advocating maiming your body? Hello. No, he's a metaphor, right? We, we live with metaphors. That's what, that's, what, that's what the stumbling block, that's what the, I mean, we're, we sing songs that are all metaphoric. Open the eyes of my heart. Turn my heart. Uh, 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 how do you, How's that work? Does anybody know? No, but we sing it. So he says, if your eye offends, thee, if you, he's not suggesting we name our body. He's instructing us in the delicate work of spiritual surgery. He's referring to, Paul talked about the body as being a whole body. And you need to not rip out your eye. He says, don't, don't stop doing, uh, uh, I made notes. He said, live a life of humility. It may remove things that causes us or others to stumble. To deprive yourself of a good thing, I think your eyes are good to deprive yourself of a good thing for the benefit of others. That's what he means. And you'll read, if you read further on in chapter 18, verse 15, he says, here's how you need to deal with a brother or a believer. He gives us clear instructions how to get along. He says, if you see a brother that's taken in a fault and you see that's going on, here's what you do, you go to them. You don't grumble about them. You don't gossip about them. You don't complain. Right? I'm not going to like his Instagram as if that's going to help. Who cares? I'm going to defriend them. Knock yourself out. But you're still carrying the issue in your heart. And he says, if you go to someone and they don't hear you, bring somebody else along with you. But here's the Caution. Have you ever thought that you might be wrong? Bring somebody else along and they can mediate. They can go, hey, did you know what? I think he's got a pretty good point there. Have you ever thought you might be? And then he says this, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in your midst also. He's not referring to about a worship service. He's referring to getting along. And he says, if one one goes, now two are in agreement. If you bring a brother along, now three are in agreement. And he says, you know what? When you have a desire to learn to get along with people, and your highest interest is the unity of the body, he said, I'm there. That's the context of two or three. It's not a prayer meeting. It's about unity. And he reminds us how critical that is, because I just told you, if we don't do that, we can actually tear apart the work of God. This is a very sobering sermon, Pastor Lorne. In your monochromatic <clears throat> way. He says in chapter 16 that he says, Peter, you're a stumbling block. You're a scandalon. You actually uh, are a hindrance. And you're like, a, you're like a, the, the, the bent sapling on a snare. He said, and here's what Jesus did. He, and and, and you, you think Peter was meant to be offensive? No. His intentions were good. He was trying to stop Jesus from going to the cross. He liked him. But he, Jesus didn't give him a compliment when he said, get thee behind me, Satan. By the way, you shouldn't talk like that to your brothers or sisters. That's Jesus. That's high, high stuff. Get behind me, Satan. <clears throat> and then he says, um, because, and, and, he, and here, was his, here was the issue of why he was a stumbling block, he says, because you're merely looking at things from men's point of view. How do we end up as offenders or offensive because we don't have the things of God in mind, we have the things of man in mind. He says, all you're doing is you're thinking about things from your own perspective, uh, uh, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. In Philippians chapter two, uh, about the f- third or fourth verse, it says, agree with one another wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah, but their political persuasion is different than mine. Well, then you better find something you can agree on because we're meant to agree wholeheartedly, not half heartedly. <clears throat> can you even be half hearted? Apparently, if you can be wholehearted, I guess you can be half hearted or quarter hearted or an eighth hearted. <clears throat> but he says, be wholehearted, agreeing with one another wholeheartedly. Why? Because agreement is a thing of the heart. Offenses. Have I offended you yet? We're surrounded by offended people, and offense is some of the greatest pain relationally that you'll ever face. <clears throat> uh, we're told three or four times that it's impossible for, inf- for offenses not to come. It's impossible. So, so get ready. If you're, if you're not equipped out to handle an offense yet, uh, if you haven't found, I, you know, I went through such a painful experience. Um, I was thanking Jesus last night that I didn't, wasn't carrying an offense in that moment. I was, I was feeling free. I was feeling, I, don't, I think I have brotherly kindness and the well-being. But man, I've had a few tough weeks. And I'll tell you, the hardest thing is when it's someone in your family. It's painful. And you know something's up. I, you can't see it. It's like the coronavirus, Unseen. But kind of, you know, stirring up stuff. Period. But it's painful. You know, you you wake up thinking about it. You're going to go make a call, and you oh, should I have more? You're walking through your day, you're trying to pray, and what happens? This offense comes up in your heart. (sighs) It's real. It's powerful. It's like an energy... That flaw—it somehow it's carried in the blood. It's, I don't know, but it's painful. But can I just say to you that 99% of our relational pain is perceptual. And, and once I began to say, okay, I, I've been, I was reading all these passages saying, God, how do I get through this? You say, are you looking from men's point of view? Because from my point of view, I love that person. From my point of view, that person has great worth. From my point of view, that person has great value. Why can't you see? It? Oh, that's right, men's point of view. You're looking at it from your perspective. Yeah, it's all perception. I'm surprised that the people, and I had so many people come to me and tell me how offended they were with me. Uh, it's such a shock that I didn't know anything about it. I was actually free from the offense. I mean, I was the cause of it. <laughs> you, you can't believe how much you offended me when you... Do you remember when you did that? I said, I can't have no record of that. I did what? And you've been upset for how many years? Over And, and you thought you were torturing me by carrying that offense? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Baby. It's like, didn't feel a thing. You've been what? You've been losing sleep over it. What? You've got an ulcer over What? I'm good. And it's surprising because, do you remember when you did this to me? I, I, I mean, that one person that got so upset at me that I didn't stop and talk to them. Uh, I said, you had no idea how bad I had to go to the bathroom. They were like, but you walked right past me intentionally. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Had you ever thought of how I was doing? Have you ever thought of what might be going on in my world? Have you ever thought of from another perspective? Oh, yes, it's your perspective and that's all. Our ability to surrender our perspectives. Let go of our opinions. Repent of our points of view. Will remove 90% of our relational pain. Um, oh, oh! And I've been rambling on. Let me get. To, let me get to the last uh, four points in four minutes. <clears throat> There's seven reasons for offenses. I think. Um, first of all, you can just be oversensitive. Been around someone super over. You know, they're so sensitive. If I say something, if I don't, if I. What do I? Just being oversensitive. The other other way that we can, another reason for offense is because you're um, insensitive. I'm insensitive to 100% of the things I don't feel. We do things without thinking, right? And and then we won't let go of them. Unrealistic expectation can become like a bitter root. You have an unrealistic expectation of that person. It can be just sheer rebellion, refuse to submit. It can be a critical spirit that harbors criticism finds fault. And I found another brilliant way to be offended, self-pity. I personally think that self-pity carries demonic power. It's a long story, but that's what I think. Um, we think that God's unfair and unkind, and th- I think these are all forms of pride. Galatians chapter 5 says, you've been f- set free. Don't, don't get entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Offenses are like yokes of bondage. I, and, and I just love, this is, that's G- Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 6 has been one of the most convicting passages for me in dealing with relationships. Chapter 6 and verse 1. When you see a brother that's taken in a fault, you who are spiritual, go restore him in a spirit of humility, lest you yourself fall into the same temptation. Why? What's going on? It's that moment that you are, that thing that you're offended for, by the way, you're caught up in that as well. Our ability to self-reflect on the things that... Well, that you know, they were so, they were so... I have found 100% of the time when I'll just step back from the situation and I'll go, hmm, I'm doing exactly the same thing I'm accusing them of. Bingo. He says, and the word restore, you restore them, and it, 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 that, that is a medical term to set a bone. It means be, be delicate, do some personal surgery before you go and try to fix somebody else's broken leg. It's a big thing. Um, it says. It says... And the the reason he says be careful is because the potential of us being in the wrong is super high. We don't know the whole story. We just see in part. It's all perception. And it's based on carnal, fleshly, selfish perceptions. Um, One one, one and a half more points. Um, Proverbs chapter 18. This has been so helpful for me. And verse 19, it says a, a, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city or a fortified city or a walled city. A brother that's offended is more unyielding than a strong city Quarrelling's like bards of castle. Um, what, what offenses, when we carry offenses in our hearts, we actually become blinded to the needs of anybody outside of our offense. It blinds us to their issues. And you try to win an offended brother because they've got walls they actually can't see. It's like it's like commanding a blind person to see. They can't see. They they just don't see. We, why? Because we we can't we don't see it all. Trying to win an offended brother, we actually put up a wall between us and them. I had no compassion for the first for this person that I took an offense of. Zero. <clears throat> yeah, but you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever. There's not different kinds of clay. It's all it's, it's all common clay. I'm not, I'm not made from glorified dust. <laughs> I feel the same way. But I realized what happened. I had zero compassion. There's parts of the Bible I simply could not read. They were just too uncomfortable. I'm meant to love. I'm meant to forgive. Yeah, 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 whatever. But, they, but he, but he, but they, but they. And you're suffering. You've actually created a wall between you and that person. We need freedom. This is the cry I'm praying for today is Freedom from walls that blind us from the needs of other people that God has placed in our lives so we don't dishonor them and we can receive them as the gift that they are meant to be for us. <clears throat> Fortification keeps people out uh, keeps, or people from getting in. Waiting, waiting to help but not sure how it will be received, your walls are up. The Song of Solomon says this, beware of the little foxes. They sp- they're the ones that spoil the vines. To live with an offense uh, is a huge price. It's st- it'll steal you of joy, it'll steal you of compassion, it'll steal you of all sorts of good things that God has for us. And the last point I wanna make is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23. I don't think I have it there. Uh, how, to, how to deal with an offense. Forgiveness, I mean, first of all, of course, the thing is forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't change the past, but it changes your future. <clears throat> it says in Timothy, 2 Timothy, He says, um, and again I say, oh, he must have said it earlier. Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. The Lord's servants must not quarrel, but be kind to everyone. (laughs) But they they look at, but they, but he, but don't you know, but, oh, and they're us, all a bunch of socialists anyway. Well... Be kind to everyone. They must be able to teach effectively and be patient with difficult people. Let's just have a half. They should gently teach those who oppose the truth and perhaps God, maybe, maybe not, perhaps God will change those people's hearts. Maybe, maybe not. And they will believe the truth. Point number one is you need to know the truth. He's referring to truth. You've got to get to the truth. You won't get to the truth as long as you're stuck with your own perception of things. You won't get to the truth. All men are just, no, 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 you it. All women are just, huh. All politicians are, uh All lawyers are, uh-uh. Hey, yeah, yeah, no, but I'm saying. <laughs> okay, let me just go ahead. All pastors are. <laughs> careful. Comments are like receipts. You can't get a refund. You can't take them back. <clears throat> okay, perhaps God will change their hearts. Number one, and they will come to believe the truth. Then they will come to their senses. Number two, come to their senses. See the truth, come to your senses, and escape the devil's trap or the devil's snare, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. let come to your, sen- to your senses, escape the trap. Um, our world is full of people that we can help to heal, but not if we're in the state of carrying offenses in our hearts. Um, I've learned the hard way how important thankfulness is for people. It actually welcomes the presence of God. We need to be, once you forgive, begin to get thankful for that person. Uh, I think, I find that's very powerful. It'll break the power of offense by pulling the power of gratitude into that moment, and it's a doorway of God's presence. Another thing is to always look for the best in people. Um, The fact is that that's how God looks at you and I. If you want to have his eyes, you've got to be able to look for him in others, look for his goodness in other people. It takes takes renewed sight. And the last thing is to bless others. Jesus said, bless those that curse you. I I frankly think he was onto something there, frankly. Uh, When you listen to the story that you tell yourself, it's self-grandizement. We are usually the hero in our stories. And lastly, may I say, you need to change the story. You need to change the story. We limit our life by the offenses that we don't release. And I found sometimes I've had to actually just speak that word release. Lord, I just let them go and they're in your hands. This doesn't happen instantly. I'm not sure what's happened to you, but we live in a world that's highly offensive right now. This is, this is, it, people are incredibly offendable, and you and I have the option to carry the opposite spirit into our world. We have the opportunity. I believe that God wants us to live unoffendable lives, but we're not going to be able to do it without his help. Would you just stand with me as I close? Lord, it's in seasons like this where we're so quick to take sides. I just think of that big angel that came to talk to Joshua. Joshua wanted to know, what side are you on? The angel said, I didn't come here to take sides, I came here to take over. God, I pray today in this room, those of us who have carried offenses and found how hard it is to follow you and carry an offense, how hard it is to hear you and carry an offense, how heavy and how costly offenses are. And I don't know specifically today unless you showed me and you haven't shown me the weight that some people are carrying today because of offenses that things that have happened to them god i know that you've given us a pathway to free ourselves from traps and snares that the enemy sets for us god today i pray in the name above every other name the name of jesus that we would see the danger of carrying offenses and the and and instead that we would be those who would release people from prisons and release ourselves from prisons, self-imposed prisons. I ask today for your beautiful Holy Spirit that's been present this entire service, that you would liberate and you would free people who are bound and stuck in their own perspective, their own viewpoint. May we lay those down today and be people who would work hard at creating harmony and unity in our world in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. You're released, go change your world. Off you go, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.